0: Amen. Well, it is um, so good to be bringing God's word to you this morning. Um, I wonder whether you, watching online, watch hospital dramas. Uh, We did a straw poll in our church a couple of weeks ago in our site, and quite a few people enjoyed watching hospital dramas. And I wonder if you're watching, whether you can kind of guess what hospital drama I'm about to talk about. So I've just started watching a new hospital drama, and it's all about surgical interns. Now, these surgical interns, so far up until the point that this program starts, have got loads of head knowledge. They've watched a few operations, but this is the moment when they get to do the stuff. This is the moment where they are alongside other surgeons and they're getting to operate. I wonder whether any of you can guess what program this is yet. And it seems to me that every time they're about to do an operation, one of the more experienced surgeons will say to to one of the interns, he'll say something like, have you seen this operation before? And as soon as they say, yes, I've seen this operation before, that seems to be the thing that qualifies them to do the operation themselves. It's the moment that they get to do the stuff. Now, we've just started a series in Acts called Christ, His Church and His Cause. And we're looking at the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is all about what happens after Jesus' death, after his resurrection and after him going back up to be in heaven. And so we get to journey with the disciples, the interns, as it were, who have been watching and being alongside Jesus as he does the stuff. And now is their opportunity and their moment to start doing the stuff. But the incredible thing is, just like the interns, they're not left on their own to do these crazy operations. They are given, the disciples are given the Holy Spirit. And this is what we see after his death and resurrection in Acts 1 verse 4. He tells, Jesus tells his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that the Father has promised. The Holy Spirit that would be with them to be their witnesses, to be his witnesses Like the interns, we're not left on our own. The disciples weren't left on their own. They were given the promised Holy Spirit, a helper. And today we're going to be reading in Acts 4, verse 23 to 31. But I just want to give you a little bit of history, uh, a little bit of prior knowledge of this passage that we're going to be reading. So prior to the passage, Peter and John, who are some of Jesus' disciples, are on their way to the temple And as they're on their way to the temple, they find a beggar. They find somebody who's sitting at the temple gates and he's begging. He's asking for money. This is a man who has been crippled since birth and he's in his 40s. He can't walk. And in that moment, as Peter walks past him, he puts his hand down and he says, Money I don't have. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And in that moment, the crippled man's feet and ankles become strong. He gets up and he starts walking. But not only does he start walking, he starts jumping and he starts praising God in the temple. And so as you can imagine, the people that have come into the temple, they've seen years and years of this crippled man sitting there. They walk past him every day. Maybe they've given him some money or maybe they've just looked with a bit of pity. And suddenly he's walking, he's jumping, and he's praising God. And so then Peter starts to talk to the onlookers, the people that are watching, and he starts telling them about Jesus. He starts telling them about Jesus's death and his resurrection and about salvation that can be found only in him. Now, in that moment, what happens is the priests, the captain of the guard and the Sadducees come up to Peter and John and they take them and they put them in jail. And so they're in jail overnight, and the next day, the um, the the rulers there they gather them and they ask them questions. They question them about what's happened. And Peter, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter says, "Hold on a minute! You've seen this act of kindness. You saw this crippled man, and now you've seen him jumping around. Surely you can't arrest us and keep us in jail for this act of kindness." And they realize that they're kind of stuck. Yes, they have seen this man that's been healed. And yes, it was an act of kindness. And what can they do? So they decide what they're going to do is they're going to threaten them. They're going to tell them, you cannot talk. They're going to release them, but they're going to say, you can't talk. But Peter says, hold on a minute. I'm answerable to God. I'm not answerable to man. And I have seen what God can do, and I'm not going to keep quiet. And they're threatened some more, and then they're released. And that's where we pick up this passage today. So after their persecution, after being put in prison, after being questioned and threatened, what did they do? Here we go, Acts 4 verse 23, the believer's prayer. So on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, what a prayer. So this morning we're going to be looking at, or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're watching this, we're going to be looking at what they did after persecution, what they did after a difficult trial, and how that might help us in the difficult circumstances that we might find ourselves in. So, the first thing I want to suggest they did was they went back to their own people, they found community, and they told them everything that had happened. Now in our church we have small groups of people that gather together during the week and we call them connect groups and in our church family in Inverurie, we have a family that are going through a really difficult time. We have a lady who is extremely unwell and during this time I have seen their connect group rally around them in the most beautiful way. There have been people offering to do their washing, their ironing, their cooking, give them childcare, talk with them, pray with them, sing worship songs over them, read scriptures to them. It has been the most beautiful thing to watch. Peter and John had experienced the most amazing thing. They had seen a man who'd been crippled since birth, age over 40, now walking and dancing in the temple but they had also experienced the most terrible thing. They had been put in jail, they had been questioned and they had been threatened by the rulers of their day. What did they do in the face of difficulty? Like this family in our church, they went to their people, they went to their community and they told them everything that had happened. Both this family in our church and Peter and John didn't wait until there was a difficult time to build their community, to find their community. It says they went back to their own people. You know, you don't build a storm shelter in the middle of a storm. You build it before it happens. And I would love to suggest to you that if you haven't found a community of believers, people that believe the same as you do, I would encourage you strongly to do that. Whether you are part of one of our sites and you're watching this, there are lots and lots of connect groups that you can be a part of, or whether you're part of our online community. Now, I just heard Emma Gray, the online site pastor, this week saying to me, I love my online community she was just off the phone with one of her online community members and I know that they meet every Thursday for a connect group where they can gather together they can talk together and they can be community together and if you're watching online and you're not a part of that I'd love to suggest that you join that and if you are online and you go to one of our sites and you're not in a connect group I'd love to suggest that you find one and what did they do when they found their community they told them everything that had happened but why did they tell them that so they could pray that's the second thing in a time of persecution when peter and john had been through a really difficult time when maybe you're going through a difficult time at home what do we do we find our community and then we pray and i want to suggest they prayed corporately and they prayed Confidently. So, we're going to spend just a few minutes looking at who prayed, how they prayed, and what they prayed. So, who prayed? In verse 24, it says they raised their voices together, they raised their voices corporately. And you know, the wonderful thing about connect groups, whether it's online or in person, is that as you bring your things, you're not bringing your thing on your own to Jesus. But you're bringing it together with a group of people. And you know, I wonder whether there are some people who are watching online who feel like, Jude, you have no idea what I'm going through. And I actually have no idea how I would pray confidently in this time. That's where we have a community of believers around us who can pray with us. So, how did they pray? Some of you will have heard about, and lots of you won't have heard about my brother. My brother called John has a little boy called Ethan. And when Ethan was in the womb, we were told that he wouldn't survive. We were told that he had something called arthrogryposis, but not only did he have arthrogryposis, which is something that affects all of your joints and they're fixed and they can't move, but also he had kind of the worst form of it. He was so bad. They said he will not survive the womb. And if he does survive the womb, he won't live past birth. I can tell you now that he's three years old or almost three years old in November and he is doing incredibly well. But one of the things that has always struck me about this time is how confidently my brother prayed. Every time there was a scan, my brother would gather around the screen and he would pray. It didn't matter whether there was a sonographer, a doctor, a midwife, a consultant, a nurse. It didn't matter who was there in the room. Every time they scanned my sister-in-law's womb and looked at Ethan, my brother prayed, prayed confidently that he knew a God who could heal. And we um, see that the community of believers prayed in a really similar way. As they prayed, they started with sovereign God. And the Greek word that's used for sovereign is someone of unchallengeable power. Remembering what they'd experienced, they'd been in jail, they'd been threatened. And they start with sovereign Lord, God of unchallengeable power. And then they remind God, and I think themselves, that he is a God who created He is the God who made all creation, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. He made you and he made me. And then they go on to quote scripture. So they quote David in Psalm 2, that he foretold what would happen to Jesus. The nations rage and the people plot in vain. Kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against Jesus. And this is what they were experiencing too. They were experiencing rulers gathering together against Jesus and against them. Rulers trying to stop them speaking. And I want to suggest too that in moments where we are in challenging circumstances, where maybe we're facing persecution or we're facing something really difficult, our emotions and our feelings can be all over the place, up and down and up and down. But this word, the word of the Lord, stands true. It doesn't change, it's unchanging. And so I wanna suggest if you don't spend time reading your Bible, I wanna say, get your nose in the book. Because even Jesus, when he was facing temptation in the desert for his 40 days and 40 nights, every time a temptation came his way, he quoted scripture. And so I wanna encourage you to get your face, your nose in the book. And then finally, they remembered that nothing happened without God's say-so, without him allowing it. They remembered that Jesus's death, we see in verse 28, it says that Herod and Pilate, together with the Jews and Gentiles, only did what his power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And it was only then only after they had reminded themselves and God that he was a God who created, that he was a God who spoke back in scripture that they could look back up, back at, and that he is a God who decided, did they then ask anything? And what did they ask? Do you know, if I was in Peter and John's situation, I think I know what I would have been asking. I'd have been saying, God, God, Choose anybody else, send anybody else, but don't send me. Or I would have been saying, God, please would the rulers change their minds. Please this week, as I go through my week, would they phone me up? Would they send me an email and say, hey, don't worry, you can speak as much as you like. But that is not what Peter and John did. Peter and John said, consider their threats, and do signs and wonders, and enable us to speak boldly. What they were really asking is that God would be with them in the circumstance, rather than take them out of the circumstance. And I've been thinking a lot about this in this last little while, and I've been thinking about a lot of the people in the Bible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go into the fiery furnace. They didn't get to escape it, but God was with them in it. And they came out totally unscathed and unhurt and unburnt. (laughs) And what about Daniel? He still had to go into the lion's den, but God was with him in the lion's den. And what about David who had to fight Goliath? He still had to fight Goliath, but God was with him as he did it. Or even Paul, who was in jail... Remember that moment where his there was like an earthquake and his chains fell off and he could have gone. He decided to stay there. And as a result, the jailer and his whole family came to faith. If you're in a difficult situation or a difficult circumstance today, we want to ask God to be with you in it. We want to ask God that you would come out unscathed like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, like Daniel in the lion's den, that you would know God with you in the circumstance and interestingly as we were just um, listening to that last song of worship it says no matter what you're always there with the promise that you're working through the pain and I was just thinking about this and thinking do you know that is the cry of our hearts to remember that no matter what no matter what you're going through today God is always there that he is working through the pain. And that is our prayer for you today. So we're praying that God will be with you in the circumstance. So how is he going to be with you in the circumstance? That's the third thing. He continually fills us with the Holy Spirit. So you be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We have a fancy coffee machine at home. I don't drink coffee but Archie my husband does and lots of people that come into our house also drink coffee so I often have to use the machine and sometimes I turn on the machine, I wait for it to heat up, I grind the beans, I put the ground beans into the portafilter and I only know that because I asked Archie what it was called Uh, I put the mug under, and suddenly it starts making this very strange noise like, chug, chug, chug. I'm like, oh, oh no. I've forgotten to put any water into the reservoir. And without any water in the reservoir, there is no coffee going to come out of that machine. Maybe the odd drip, but I tell you, it wouldn't very, taste very nice, and it certainly wouldn't give you that thirst quenchingness <laughs> that coffee does give. <laughs> If it does, I don't know, I don't drink coffee. (laughs) But I think, do you know, that that is a bit of a picture of what we can be like. We can try and go about our everyday situations, our everyday circumstances, in our own power, in our own strength, without the Holy Spirit, without the living water. In Acts 2 verse 4, we read about the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and as a result... They speak languages of all the people around them so they can understand what they're saying. And then throughout Acts 3, we say it often says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of this bit in Acts 4, verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But what were they filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could do? Fourthly and finally, so they could have courage, so they could speak with boldness. And I think that there were three different groups of people that Peter was able to speak to. And I wonder whether this might be something for some of you watching today. The first person they were able to speak to was this stranger, the beggar, who was sitting outside the temple courts. And I wonder who's sitting outside your temple courts today. Who did you walk past on your way into church? Who did you walk past on your way into the supermarket? Who did you walk past in your workplace? Who did you walk past in your neighborhood that you could tell that they were not okay? Maybe they weren't crippled, but maybe they're sad. Maybe they're fearful. Maybe they're worried. Maybe they have financial issues. With the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, Peter was able to say, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus, have peace. In the name of Jesus, find joy. In the name of Jesus, find provision. Who are the strangers that we see on a daily basis that we could just walk past? But we have a living hope in Jesus. We are filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit so that we can minister to the stranger around us. The second group of people that Peter and John spoke to were the onlookers, the people that had just witnessed this most incredible thing. And I wonder whether the onlookers are our close family, maybe who don't know Jesus, or are our friends who don't know Jesus or our our work colleagues that we work closely with who don't know Jesus. And I saw this quote the other week that I found really challenging, and it is this. Does your life as a Christian make non-believers question their disbelief in God? Does your life as a Christian make non-believers question their disbelief in God? Do our lives as Christians make those people that are around us question their disbelief in God? Are we ready to give an answer for the hope that we have? What a challenge. And you know, in some respects, those two things, speaking to strangers and speaking to my friends and family, are not necessarily something I find particularly difficult. But the third group of people that Peter and John spoke to is probably my biggest stumbling block, my thing that I find the hardest. Peter and John spoke to their leaders and the leaders of their day with boldness. And I probably need some prayer ministry for this because I find it really hard to challenge uh, leaders in my life. I've always struggled to, to challenge any bosses that I've had or to speak up to somebody that I feel like, oh, they've got much more knowledge about that than I have. And this is the thing that I feel challenged about or I felt challenged about as I'm preparing. Is there things in our society, in our culture, that the Lord is laying in my heart or on my heart that I need to speak up about, that I need to have boldness about? And for you, maybe you find it really easy to speak to the leaders of your day, but maybe you find it hard to speak to a stranger or maybe you find it hard to speak to people around you. But we do not have to do it on our own. We have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives so that we might have courage, so that we might have boldness. And what I'd love for it to say about me when I've gone on to be with Jesus is Jude, who was filled with the Spirit, spoke boldly to the stranger, spoke boldly to the onlooker, spoke boldly to the leaders of her day. Is that what you want to be said about you? So if you're going through, just to summarise, if you're going through a difficult time at the minute, or maybe you're not going through a difficult time, I want to encourage you, first of all, to find community. Find a Christian community around you, whether that's your friends, whether it's a connect group, whether it's an online connect group, whatever that might be, find community. And, you know, I know I said that um, you build a storm shelter before the storm. But maybe you, you, you heard that and thought, well, that's a problem because now I am in the middle of a storm and I don't have those people around you. It's never too late with Jesus. So find that community, find that uh, community of believers who you can go to and then pray corporately and confidently. Pray together with other people and pray remembering that he is a God who created, a God who spoke and a God who decided be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you again today so that you can do what? So that you can have courage and boldness to speak God's word. So I'm I'm just gonna pray and uh, then I'm gonna head back over to the swivelly chairs with Kemi and we're just gonna do a little bit of ministry time uh, together. But let me just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the promise that Jesus gave. That meant that we are not alone, that we don't have to go through difficult times or difficult circumstances or difficult situations or even the highs on our own. own. We thank you that you're with us. And for anybody who is watching today, whatever time it is, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, whether it's tomorrow, whatever day, Lord, would they know your presence with them? Would they know you with them? So that they might do what? So that they might speak boldly. And Lord, for myself, I bring that area of weakness to you. And I say, would you fill me with your presence so that I might speak to the leaders of our day? whatever it is that you put on my heart. I want to be known as Jude, filled with the Holy Spirit, who spoke boldly. Lord, be with us in the circumstances we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.